off, we're gonna tear the roof off the mother sucker. Tear the roof off the sucker. Sometimes I think what I need is a you and a podcast. This is Space Orphan talking. Um, we are here today talking about preggers and I have with me Raya who is at Lurk de Soleil on Tumblr and Jamie who is um, like a rum chocolate souffle on Tumblr. Hello. We're talking about preggers tonight and let's jump right in. Um, we're starting it off with single ladies so what are you guys' thoughts on this opening number? I have a bit um, a different of a view of it than when I first saw this episode because I honestly didn't know anything about Beyonce when I first saw <laughs> this episode. And then uh, most of what I learned about her has been from Glee and they've done so many of her songs over the years. Um, so at the, fi- at the time I first saw the episode, I didn't really think much of anything about it. Um, see, I know Beyonce. <laughs> I know Beyonce. Um, I've known her since she broke out. Um, and that's, I think, something important about the choice of her is that she was, you know, she was in Destiny's Child, and she was such a superstar. She broke out from that, from the past, to become one of the most popular soul artists of our generation. And I think her choosing her as someone who is an icon, someone who is also a feminist icon, and someone who is known for breaking free of a group to become a single entity says a lot about Kurt. And I'm, I'm wondering if the choice of song in particular is uh, it's because um, Kurt at the time uh, kind of thought he would be single forever. <laughs> and it's a song celebrating single ladies in particular, but single people and how that's, that's okay and also awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's a female anthem. Oh, absolutely. I was going to agree with that. Just that and I never thought of it that way, that he's kind of embracing single life. Um, I always saw it also as the, the empowerment and and um, and kind of just giving, you know, the confidence giving. But I never thought about the single part of that. But that's a good point. I guess with the choice of music, you know, there are there's a lot of discussion about Kurt and gender and crossing lines or... Um, going along lines, and it's not something that I have a lot of knowledge about, so I thought I would let you guys discuss it a little bit and hear your thoughts on it. Um, one thing that I was thinking about was, um, th- this is uh, kind of a breaking the fourth wall thing, but um, I've, I've heard Chris Colford say that he adamantly refused to wear the outfit they originally gave him for that scene, because um, he was supposed to wear high heels and everything. Um, so it was supposed to be, uh, if I remember correctly, just the leotard and high heels. Yep. And uh, 
and he wouldn't do that, and he added the vest and changed the shoes. Um, so, um, and I know that um, Kurt in the show has later on refused to wear things that were too feminine, like in the Rocky Horror episode, he wouldn't wear uh, lipstick or a gown. Um, so uh, it's interesting to me that he's very willing to cross gender lines up to a certain point and push the envelope, and he, um, there was that... I think it's an episode coming up pretty soon is an episode where um, uh, Mercedes says, is that a men's sweater? Oh, I love that one. But, um, but uh, obviously fashion does have a gender because there are things he's not willing to do that go too far for him. Um, and <clears throat> yeah, he, he goes outside of his gender norm so far, but he is firmly male. Mm-hmm. And he insists that later in the series. Oh, yeah. I think that ties in a little bit with when Unique comes on the show. And um, she says, you know, you've always identified as male. There's, you know, a difference there. Yeah. But then there are, um, there, like, there is a time when his, uh, his dad says, you, you know, he wants to have guy talk with Finn or whatever. And Kurt says, I'm a guy. But then there's a different episode where... Um, Oh, he says uh, to the girls in Glee, as an honorary girl. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, he yeah. says male, but I mean, he's not ashamed of his feminine qualities, and he, he actually values those qualities in himself. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he's recording himself being so effeminate. Mm-hmm. To what purpose? Is he going to keep it for himself? Is he going to show it? Like, You know, and I was wondering that myself this time when I was rewatching it. I'm like... What is he using this recording for? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because um, we know that Rachel likes to put recordings of herself singing on her MySpace all the time. But I don't get the impression that Kurt was going to share his, his video publicly. Um, although I guess that's not made clear, really. No, it's really not. What do you think of Brittany and, and uh, Tina being there? It's an interesting combination so early on. We see his relationship with Mercedes in the last episode really drum up, but... I just think it's interesting that those two are in the scene. They're the um, dancers. Yeah, but uh, he doesn't—he doesn't really seem to be close friends with either of them, at least for a while. Like mu- much later, like two years from now, um, Brittany says she's his biggest fan and wants to help him run for class president and stuff. Um, and later on, they out. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's true. That's, that's, that's only a few few episodes from now, yeah. I guess. Yeah. It's in the same season. Um, but I don't. I didn't really get the impression Kurt and Tina were super good friends. So maybe well, I think they're part of the original five. I mean, I think they're a little close because of that. Oh right, yeah, that's true. Yeah, and in theatricality, I believe they're also like. Well, no, Brit- oh, go ahead. Okay. I was talking about. Sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got I, I got mixed up because uh, for a second I was like, wait, Brittany's not part of the original five. But no, I I think you're saying. No, Tina. Tina. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, they were there. I think Heather Morris was there probably to help with the dancing, and I assume that's why Tina was there too. I just think it's interesting keeping it in the story context as to why these two would be there helping him out. I mean, was Kurt just one day talking about doing a music video someday, and they said, oh, yeah, let's do that, or, you know, that kind of thing. I wonder if he was making the music video for his files for when he was famous. This was him earlier. Like, he's already videoing his memoirs. That's how 
<laughs> I probably Tina was always looking for ways to to be part of part of the action and part of a um, a group and getting her own uh, like she she kind of wanted a solo but kind of didn't get one for a while and or ever really. Yep. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, she gives uh, up a solo in this episode. She does. Yep. Yeah. Well, and, and interesting jumping ahead really quick because it's just a split second moment when when Will gives Tina the solo both. Kurt and Mercedes are over there, like, smiling and applauding for her. So there is a little bit of connection of that core group of kids. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh, I wanted to mention also, back to um, Kurt and gender, um, I I thought it was interesting, like, the contrast between Kurt's gender and Puck's gender in this episode, because, um, because, like, there's there's a line where... um, Puck says he could go to school in a dress and people would think it's cool. Um, and uh, <laughs> he says because he's a stud. And um, and there's a there's a part at the end where he becomes okay with all the football team dancing for everyone, but only immediately after he says to someone, I had sex with your mom. And <laughs> so he, he definitely, um, he's only okay with things he considers outside his gender norm when He's done something to to emphasize his masculinity and his studliness immediately before that. And when Kurt is talking to his dad in the single ladies scene, he says the uh, the the what is it, the leotard that he's wearing? I forget what he calls it. Um, the unitard. The unitard, yes. Yeah. Is okay because football players wear them, and um, so so it's okay in the context of something masculine. Um, and the the song and the the dancing that they're doing is okay because it's like a, a, a body conditioning for football. So, um, so it's like both Kurt and Puck in this episode push gender boundaries and make it okay through masculine things. Now, do you, I think there's a little bit of difference in, in that Kurt, would he, does he do that after he comes out with his dad or after his dad is more accepting of him? Or does he still um, qualify it? I, I, I just don't remember. I don't... Yeah. Um, later on... So in the, sorry? He starts to. He starts to qualify things at the end. Well, I remember... He, I remember in the... Um, much later in the prom episode when Bert says uh, that wearing a kilt would be asking for trouble. And Kurt doesn't try to qualify it. He just says, this is what I want to wear. And have to deal with it so there definitely is a change that happens over time okay because yeah because i think i mean Pac will you know just always qualify it with masculinity but i think kurt here is kind of trying to cover it up for fear that his you know his ruining his relationship with his dad or making that more difficult or whatnot well, and he can lie to her like easily mm-hmm. he just flips back and he starts lying Right. How practiced is he at lying to Bert? I mean, you see him in the previous episode <laughs> lying that he, you know, what he doesn't know won't hurt him with those knee-length sweaters. Oh, right. Right. Yeah, you know, and um, one thing I noticed is Acafella's does a little bit of setting up for Preggers um, in that you, there are a lot of these moments where, like, uh, you know, my dad took my Tira collection away and stopped wearing knee-fitting sweaters. And um, I guess it just going into the Burt relationship then, um, there is 
an interesting dissonance at the beginning of this that where Bert is kind of presented at this guy's guy where, you know, he likes hunting or he likes the dirt bike stuff, the football, um, watching the fishing shows. And here's his rather effeminate son. And uh, it's setting up as if the story was going to go in a completely different direction than it does. Yeah. I, well, I like. Oh, um, <laughs> Jamie, go ahead. I like that. Um, they set it up that way, making the audience fear that he was going to be mad about it. But it turns out that he's being, um, well, it seems like he's being very protective of Kurt and he's just worried about how other people will react, which um, doesn't necessarily, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't necessarily excuse the times when Kurt was really scared to let him know the truth. But it's, um, it's, it's interesting because it's, uh, it's a different explanation than, than dads in other shows being very uh, restrictive about what their kids can wear and that kind of thing. Oh, absolutely. And I think I agree with you in that, you know, I don't think Bert is saying, you know, you embarrass me. Don't wear this stuff. It's more of I'm afraid you're going to get beat up mm-hmm. type thing. So, now, do you guys think at all that um, Bert is kind of trying to get, you know, some truth out of him that he knows Kurt is lying about a lot of this stuff? Um, because I think I see a little bit of challenge when he walks away and he says, hey, get me a ticket to your first game. I think it's maybe a little bit of a challenge, like, yeah, okay, kid, let's see if you're telling the truth. Yeah. <laughs> I think that also with the, the asking which one of them is his girlfriend, too. She just goes with it. <laughs> yeah. And then I like Bert's just like, uh-huh, okay, let's... <laughs> Let's see where this goes. He admits at the end of the episode, yeah, I know you're gay. So he's asking with this one woman is your girlfriend. Like, he knows he's gay. So he's obviously just pulling his leg or trying to test the water, you know? Yeah. Well, and I guess um, this would be a good time to ask, do you think at this point in their relationship they are just kind of coexisting with each other? They're not really in each other's lives and... I know that Kurt is trying, eventually, is trying to make an effort to be connected with his dad still. Do you think that Bert is trying to do the same thing as well? I think maybe. I mean, Kurt says, well, hey, we'll finally have something to talk about. Yeah, <laughs> that definitely. I both of them may have been trying, you know? But they just clash because, you know, like you said, Kurt's the manly man who likes dirt bikes and four-wheelers and fishing shows and all that, and Kurt is but then later we do see flashbacks to Bert teaching Kurt to ride a bike and having a tea party with him. And yeah, I think it, I think it probably the distance grew as he got older and came into his sexuality, mm-hmm. you know, and started making fashion choices for himself and things like that. Mm-hmm. One of those growing up and parent doesn't understand teenager thing. Yeah, yeah. I think that's probably. It, it would have um, made for a different story, but it probably would have been easier on Kurt if Bert had just said to him, you know, um, not that I think that you're necessarily gay, but it would be okay if you were. <laughs> it would have relieved a lot of, of uh, stress, I think. Well, the other thing, though, and, and we'll talk about this a little bit when we get to the end, I think that Bert is still trying to accept the idea 
because he says at the end, I'm not totally in love with the idea. And I think like, him testing her. Right. Trying to figure out if, you know, am I really thinking this the right way? Am I not? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Okay, um, let's jump forward to the next scene, which would be, um, you know, he's got to get on the football team, so he goes to Finn to do that. And um, what are your guys' thoughts on this whole conversation between Finn and Kurt and Kurt asking Finn for help about the football team? I think he's to approach because of Glee Club. Um, but I think maybe his, his crush is secondary. And I say that because not because of exactly this part of the scene, but when he puts his helmet on, Kurt says, or Finn says, hey, where's your collar? And Kurt does not flirt back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That would be like the in, perfect opportunity to flirt. Yeah, I think in a different episode where he was more focused on his crushy feelings, he would have uh, that would have made him blush at least. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, you know, that's something that kind of stuck out to me that, um, and I don't know if it's because he's so focused on impressing his dad or whatnot, but his, his crush on Finn is somewhat muted in this episode. So he isn't doing the flirt thing. He's kind of like all business. Like, I need to get on this football team. You're a great opportunity to do this. Let's see if we can do it. Yeah. 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 I think even outside of the crush, he considers he and Finn's friends because oh, of yeah. Club. You know, Finn isn't just... The reason he, he falls for Finn is because he's the cool guy who helps Kurt out, you know? Mm-hmm. He's the one I, fa- yeah. I found it interesting that Kurt was comfortable enough with Finn in this episode to be mad at him. Like, when I can't remember what scene it was. I think it was where um, uh, the team decided not to do the dancing on the field and Finn oh, just went along with it. And right. Kurt just glared at him. <laughs> what, dude, what is wrong with you? We had to agree. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think if he was if he was too intently focused on having a crush on him, he wouldn't have wanted to do that because he would want to keep Finn happy with him. Yep. No, I, I definitely agree with that. You know, and also going jumping back a, a thought, uh, Finn comes out and says, in, in the scene when Kurt is asking uh, for help, that um, gently turns him down for a prom date. Yeah. And, but just, <laughs> and he's like, teen gays are totally cool. And, you know, whether Finn is accepting or totally not at that, one way or the other at that point, he just, he's making an effort with, with Kurt in a way that I don't think other people necessarily do. And that kind of, you know, not right in this particular moment, but does feed into Kurt's romantic feelings for Finn later on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what do you guys think, though, of... Um, Kurt says right then um, that he, he claims that he's not gay right there. Is that just to save face in front of Finn? No, I think that he wasn't, he wasn't out to anyone at that point. He hadn't even... Had he even... No, wait, he had come out to Mercedes, came out, right? Yeah, came out to Mercedes in the previous episode. And that's it. She's the only person who knows in the whole world. So I think that um, it, it's, a, it's still a secret. So it makes sense that he would keep it a secret from Finn as well. Even though Finn has already guessed, it's, um, he's still definitely protecting himself from people around school knowing. I think it's a reflex at this point. You know, I think how often is somebody made a comment and he's like, I'm not gay. I'm not gay. I'm <laughs> <Yeah>. not gay. <laughs> exactly. It, it comes out automatically. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. 
Um, so why do you guys think that Finn is um, relatively willing to help Kurt out? Uh, well, he also... Um, well, he did say that it, it does partially benefit him because the more crossover between Glee and football there is, the easier yeah. it is for him to be in both groups. Um, but uh, I think also he, he does consider himself Kurt's friend and he wants to help. Um, and then and then later in the episode he comes to think that the you know it would be better for the football team to be good at dancing and performing because they would uh, it'd be good for camaraderie and it'd be good for loosening them up. And um, he read that book about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but I think that probably his initial motivation was that it would be great to have more people in both groups. Now, do you guys think I kind of saw this going into the, aud- the audition? Jeez, the um, the tryout section. Um, I've been I watched the scene too many times. Um, <laughs> that did you get a sense of? I got really a sense of a, a brotherly love, not love yet, but just kind of the way they interacted. It was very brotherly, and I thought that's kind of cool. Just like mm-hmm. like Finn is like, put your helmet on, and he's then Kurt's just like, I'm gonna go do this way, and, and Finn's kind of like directing him the way where to go, and I, I just thought it was kind of a neat uh, way of showing that. Yeah, I think it's a hint of what's to come. Um, but I mean, I also like the insistence that Kurt do it his way or no way at all. That he's gonna dance his way into the kick, and Finn's like, no, no, no. Kurt's <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, guess what? I'm gonna do it. <laughs> And he's not afraid to be himself in front of the jocks. And he doesn't care if it's humiliating. He doesn't care if they're going to laugh at him. He just does his own thing. Well, yeah. And that, I mean, I think that says a lot about what or who Kurt is. Because he's always kind of just going to do it his way. And, and at this point, all of those football players have already thrown him in dumpsters. And they've already, you know, made fun of him and, and kicked him and all this kind of stuff. You know, at this point, he, he might as well just do it his way. Um, yeah. I don't see him backing down from that just because more people are going to laugh at him. They already know he's kind of feminine and kind of weird. and like It's not like this will make it worse. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, this is the scene that has that really hilarious line in it. Jamie, if you wanted to mention that at all. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because he has to um, get. How does he? Uh, before the my body is like a rum chocolate souffle. Um, I don't warm it up right. It doesn't rise. I can't remember what came immediately before that. But he's saying he has to. He has to warm up before he can kick. And he has to do it by dancing two single ladies, and <laughs> which makes no sense to me. But there it is. And um, <laughs> maybe in and the beginning, goes, Kurt was making a workout video. No. <laughs> <laughs> and he seems totally oblivious to the idea that, that that the way he phrases that could be taken in a kind of a kind of a sexual way. <laughs> <laughs> I think Finn gets that a little bit. He's like, "Whoa, what?" <laughs> Actually, I can't tell if Finn got it at all. I don't even know if he knew what Kurt meant. But um, he probably <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. Poor Finn. <laughs> oh. No, I really, I, I, I am going to make a quick comment. This scene is just really funny. There's so many little funny things. There's that line. There's Kurt auditioning to be a kicker. His little hand wave when he, like, they introduce him as the new kicker. Like That was a, that was a real, 
royal hand wave like a, <laughs> like a queen would use in a parade. How often have you practiced that while wearing a scarf? <laughs> one of my favorite things, though, I didn't catch it the, at least the first time, was when when uh, Tanaka's like, can you do this with all these burly men coming down on you? And he's like, oh, yeah, sure. Sounds like fun. <laughs> Sounds like fun. You know what? I hate I the penguin line from season two because it denies moments like this. And like coming up when he gets the muscle mags from April. Oh yeah, or her is a sexual being. Well, or scans his sexuality. Okay, <laughs> he's into the gorillas coming down on him. Okay, <laughs> he's into it. Well, the push it in in showman. So I mean, that's he's very sexualized in that. I mean, like, oh man. So season one, Kurt is a sexual being. Okay? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Okay, so um, moving on to the the locker room scene is the next scene that Kurt pops in, and they're it's um they're trying to motivate the athletes to do anything, and <laughs> Kurt decides to um, start quoting the Art of War. Sun, what is it? Sun Zeus. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just talk about you know Kurt taking life guide tips from a military strategy book. <laughs> It makes total sense to me that um, they, if he if he sees his life as being him in conflict with everyone around him, which he seems to a lot of the time, and him being on the defensive all the time, and uh, and always looking to protect himself, and uh, and and that that line about um, never let the enemy know you mm-hmm. is it, all along he's been keeping everyone from knowing him by saying he's not gay and that kind of thing. Um, it, it does, I mean, it's <laughs> unusual for a, um, a 16-year-old, I guess, but to, to be into the art of war. <laughs> 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 but I, think I totally sense. read it when I was 16. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> it happens. When you're weird, things like that happen. <laughs> I can just see, like, Kurt with his dad watching some war documentary, and it comes up, and then Kurt's like, oh, let me check this out. Mm-hmm. So. Well, I think Kurt is ruthless. That, too. Um, <laughs> I think Kurt is ruthless, and I think he's a strategist. And a lot of the art of war is manipulating the situation to fit around you instead of you. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's planning things ahead, using the element of surprise, it's using terrain against an enemy, having superior numbers. It's all things that you want to do to manipulate the situation to fit you before you even get there. Yep, and that's... And I think Kurt is manipulating the world he's in to fit him instead of trying to fit himself into the world. Right, exactly. I agree with that. And that's what, I mean... And his, in a way, I mean, his his life up to this point has been a battle. So, he, of course, it's it, you can see where he's trying to navigate it as if he's trying to navigate through this endless battle of life. so. But he's not willing to compromise himself for it. No. He's going to be him. He's going to be him the whole way. Yep. And that I don't think that's anything that really changes throughout the series. I think that's one really consistent thing. And he struggles with it later on when it's like, okay, when he, you know, or always really, but, you know, I'm just thinking about in season five when he's talking to Rachel and like, you know, I've been doing, you know, me for so long and it's really getting hard. But, I don't know, that's something that... I don't remember that. Yeah, that's... I don't remember that. Is it when he's talking about um, forming his uh, Madonna cover band? Yes. Yeah. Okay, now I remember. Yep. And he's been the, the, 
in the background for so long. He just wants to be the person whose songs are on the radio and stuff. Um, yeah, and Rachel. Oh yeah, and he's telling. Okay. Yeah, and Rachel tells him, well, you know, you're you're very specific and an individual and unique in a certain way, and then. Yeah. And he okay, says. I um, yeah, yeah, I remember. Okay, so um, getting back to the scene, um, so he teaches the uh, football players how to dance, which. <laughs> I have something to say about that. Go ahead. I have something very important to say. Okay. And that and it is it is anti shoe. Okay. Actually, I may agree with this. Shoe is a terrible teacher. Let me tell you why. <laughs> when, he, when he is trying to teach the boys the dance steps, he is not doing the dance steps with him. He is standing at the front of the room and he is saying ba ba da da ba da da. He's not naming the dance steps. He's just making nonsensical noises. When mm. Kurt gets up and does it, he names the steps so that it's easy to remember. He names them along to the beat, and he does the dancing with the guys. And he faces away so that the, his lefts are their lefts yeah. as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> better teacher than Chew. Chew sucks. <laughs> <laughs> another, another reason I was annoyed by, by Mr. Chew in this episode is when... Um, when Finn said about the library, did you know you can just take books out of there? And and Will's just like, oh, you sweet summer child. But he doesn't like, he doesn't have a reaction like, oh, shoot, someone should have told you that like a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's totally par for the course that he has no idea what the library is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's totally true. Um, well, my, my one thing in, in, in addition to that, because I do agree um, and I will refrain from going my um, anti-will route, or else we'll have a whole podcast about that. Um, <laughs> is that you know, Kurt just has no time for Will's nonsense. I mean, he's just like, you know, get out of the way. I'm doing this. <laughs> he doesn't even say a word. <laughs> so, so yeah, no, I I just I cannot believe. Um, but you know, they're they're always Glee sometimes has this like will tell you all of these things and not show. And everything that I've seen in the show part shows that Kurt just doesn't have a high opinion of Will. Yeah. So, <laughs> that's, so and I'm, you know, about this, the dance steps, I'm wondering, do you think that's how Chris Colfer was taught the choreography, or do you think he came up with that himself, or if that was just the writing? I just always wondered that. I wouldn't be surprised if he uh, if he improv lines like slap the butt. But I have no idea. Was there anything else you guys wanted to talk about the locker room scene um, before I move on? Because I know we, we kind of just briefly skimmed over it a little bit, but. That's good for me, I think. Okay. That's all I have. All right, cool. All right, so moving on to the football game, which doesn't have a whole lot of Kurt in it, despite the fact that he wins the game. <laughs> <laughs> I was, uh, I was intrigued that, um, Bert only showed up partway through the game. Um, oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, he wasn't there at the beginning, and we see him walking into the stands after, like, Kurt partway through. <laughs> <laughs> oh, because I thought, so when Kurt waves to him, that's, like, halfway through the game or something? I think so. Okay. I don't remember. I'll be honest with you. I, I just kind of fast forward through most of this episode to rewatch it. 
And then, um, and then later when uh, Kurt goes up to kick and Bert's like, he's so little. <laughs> That's my favorite part of that little bit. Cause I die every time because Chris was so little. Yeah. I think in the beginning when you see him next, standing next to Brittany and she's in her heels and she's taller than him. <laughs> and then Finn always is towering over him. I mean, that changes, obviously. Mm-hmm. That changes drastically. Right up, but... Um, so this may be just a me thing, but this has always reminded me of one of those stereotypical, like, 90s Disney sports films where, you know, they kind of have, like, this kid going in and gonna, you know, get the goal and win the championship and they all become a great team and they were the underdogs, but they win it all, that kind of thing. <laughs> Um, like the Mighty Ducks yes <laughs> but I, the thing that I think the interesting twist on it that I think is that you know instead of being the end of the movie and they all you know you know bound together as best friends forever bonded by this experience they they don't come out of this I mean like Kurt later you know does this episode he wins the game but he's not really treated any differently moving on and yeah, I don't think it's because he doesn't stay with them you know, he doesn't have to pretend anymore, so he doesn't have to be on the football team anymore. If he had stayed on the football team and won them more games, I wonder if that might have changed. But True. at the same time, Coach Tanaka said if you get this goal, you die a legend. And he definitely wasn't I considered have... a legend around the school after that. <laughs> <laughs> when he's like, can I be first? <laughs> <laughs> <little> smart <laughs> But, you know, and it also goes to, it wasn't really about winning the game. It was about impressing his father, which he did. That's what he wanted to do, is win a game for his dad so that he can connect to his father. And that is what the story is, more so than this, you know, team bonding, let's win the game for the gold type thing. So. Um, Oh, also I wanted to mention, um, it's interesting that when they're in the huddle, and that's what we were talking about earlier when, when... um, Finn doesn't uh, defend him or doesn't, you know, because Puck is like going on about, oh, you know, every, th- doing the dancing is so gay and everything like that. And and Kurt um, looks at Finn as if, you know, be like, what the hell are you doing? But also kind of wanting Finn to defend him a little bit because they had bonded a little bit in this process. But um, now Finn's kind of siding with the rest of the guys. And yeah. Well, he's not nec- he's not necessarily on their side, but he's definitely not going to go up against them either. Right. Right. He's just being neutral. Okay. He's been doing a lot. So. Trying to keep the peace with the guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's kind of what, like, going into Finn's story is a little bit. It's it's just that, you know, he's trying to keep this balance of, you know, being friendly with Kurt and helping him out, but not trying to piss off his teammates or make Finn mad at him and Poor kid. This is also where he does. Is this where he finds out Quinn is pregnant? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So. Yeah. So. All right. So. Um, oh, sorry. A lot going on. Poor kid. <laughs> okay. So um, we come to the big coming out scene. Anybody want to speak first on this one? <laughs> Jamie, go ahead if you wanted to start. Um. I guess I. The thing that stands out the most, obviously, is um, is the acting in this scene, where I really, really felt how 
nervous and scared Kurt was immediately before he says that he's gay. And like, and Bert just kind of nods very slightly as if to, you know, prompt him to keep talking. And he like has no idea how Bert's going to react. And he just keeps, he takes a breath. He's talking. <laughs> and it's just so intense. <laughs> and everybody talks about Christmas acting in this episode, which is stellar, by the way. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. this is really what makes this series is when Chris acts like this. <laughs> um, but Michael Malley's acting was just like, I mean, he's just so stone-faced. And he's just like, here it comes. He's resigned. He's like, he knows coming is finally going to happen and the thing he's known for 13 years is here <laughs> <laughs> and like here it is and he's just it's all in his face he's just right there like go ahead come on get it out of the way well and I, it's fascinating to me also that Bert never like lets up he doesn't say oh yeah I know already of, like at first before Kurt can say anything he doesn't, like, he's not really soft in the scene to begin with. He's still kind of this gruff guy and kind of just lets Kurt do what he needs to. Kurt, let him come out on his own terms and everything like that. That's really respectful. I think, you know, it shows that he does respect his son, even if he doesn't always agree with him. Yep. Or understand him. Because I think yeah. Bert's still confused, too. Just not about... Um, Kurt or his sexuality, but just in like, why are you wearing knee length sweaters? Do you guys want to talk about Kurt says that he was able to come out to his dad because of Glee Club and because of um, football? Any thoughts on that? He says it's because he's learned that he can do anything or or he can be anything rather. And, and, oh. Um, and which is interesting because maybe, um, up to that point in his life, he thought he could only be one way, which is his kind of effeminate, you know, um, musical theater loving, fashion loving kind of person, um, which means obviously everyone's going to assume he's gay. Um, but the fact that he can also play football and be successful at it, um, means there are more options available to him. Um, so maybe maybe that means that if there are more options in terms of his gender presentation, there could potentially be more options in terms of his sexual orientation. And now he's thought about it like that, and it's clear that, no, he's still gay. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> no, that's... A, and, you know, I think also, um, kind of putting it in context... Of, of what happened before it, I think that he had this really positive experience in Acafellas with Mercedes, and that was almost like a, not to belittle that, because I think that's a very important, you know, relationship and moment for him, but it was kind of a, like, well, I'm going to test this out. If Mercedes still accepts me, you know, maybe my dad will still accept me too, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. And, you know, yeah. it's really brave to come out to Mercedes because she did box his car like <laughs> Kurt has to live with him, right? And 
and uh, like Bert has the, the power to disown him, and then Kurt would have to find somewhere else to live, and it would be terrible. So, um, yeah. Anyway, um, I think both yeah both things were brave. Mercedes because it was his very first time, and she busted his car. <laughs> <laughs> But no, and I really love Bert's response, too, just because, like, a lot of, you know, I think about Dawson's Creek, and I don't know if you guys watched the show, but when the gay character on that show came out to his dad, it was this really overdramatic, like, crying on the floor, and the dad, like, you know, said, you are not my son anymore, get out of my house, and just this huge deal, and here we have, like, Bert's like, yep, okay, I still love you. I, I'm not sure how we're gonna do this, but I love you and and let's keep going. And revolutionary time. Mm-hmm. I, I oh go ahead. I'm sorry. Marriage. I mean that was before. You know, and that was still when saying gay was an insult. That was commonplace. Mm-hmm. You know, like we really changed the world. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and I I think it seems like this. That that really like oh maybe you know parents can be accepting of their children and even if they're rough and masculine and don't like long sweaters, you too can be not homophobic. Right, exactly. And I like also he's also not like Bert is not like let's get the rainbow flags and start new you know groups and you know he's still (laughs) (laughs) true, true. But I mean at first he still has to accepted himself too and I think one of the big themes of um, the entire first season is you know Bert and Kurt trying to you know this is just a beginning for them in kind of understanding and accepting each other and in a few episodes I can't remember how many episodes uh, Kurt says that he has a a problem at school which turns out to be auditioning for a solo and Bert says it's not about a guy is it because I'm not ready to have that conversation (laughs) (laughs) you know and then you know, five years later, he, you know, marries his son to an, another guy. I mean, progress, though. <laughs> so, um, should we take a second and talk about Kurt's mom at all? Or, you know, how her uh, having passed away may have affected Kurt and Bert's relationship? Because Bert mentions in this scene, you know, I wish your mom was here because she's better at dealing, this kind of, dealing with this kind of stuff. Um, actually, in, that's not the context in which he said it. Oh, um, sorry. It was when he said he was proud of Kurt at the game, he said, I wish you oh, were to see it. I'm thinking of, am I thinking of Wheels when he says that? Yeah, you are. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I should really just watch the whole episode. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not a good host today, am I? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so. But no, I mean, there is, I I have to wonder if part of, you know, Bert and Kurt kind of struggling for a while is not just the whole teenage son thing, but, you know, they they both lost somebody they loved. And I mean, in a way, they they very much bonded together because of that. But also, they didn't have that in-between person that kind of helped them figure things out. In this context. You know, he wishes she were there to see his little triumph. Um, but I think maybe he wishes she were there for the coming out, too, because 
she would have known how to handle that. He says it right before Kurt comes out. Right, and and I, I also, I'm sure they probably talked about it, too, before she died. I mean, if he was three and asking for heels, I mean. <laughs> I'd be talking to my husband about that if my son did. My son's three, so. <laughs> if my son asked for high heels, I'd be like, I'd probably talk to my husband about it in the terms of, well, you have to get a heel. But my husband, being a Burt Hummel-like person, would probably have things to say about it. Hmm. Um, and I guess the other... The, the last thing that comes up in this scene is actually, or in this episode, is um, during Sue's monologue, there's a little flash to Kurt sitting at the mirror. And, you know, hers, her whole monologue is about taking chances and, and kind of... Um, taking things up. Yep. And, and, and going outside of what you usually are, trying new things and seeing what you can do with them. And I think that just really ties in with Kurt's entire storyline of, you know, trying football, trying something out of his box and succeeding in a new way only to strengthen who he is himself. And I, as soon as Kurt's picture goes away, he starts talking about angry crowds screaming versus cheering. <laughs> oh, yep, yep. <laughs> so when all the angry people are screaming at you, you can pretend they're cheering. And I think that's a lot of what Kurt does. Oh, that's a good point. I never really, I mean, her monologue was tying up all of the straight lines, but I never really thought of it in that context, which so it's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think it's interesting that he tried football, found he was successful at it, and decided not to stick with it. Even though he, um, he was good at it, and it uh, helped move things along in his relationship with his dad, and it might have gained him some popularity at school or whatever other benefits, you might have gotten. He did, still didn't really like it, so he yeah. didn't do it anymore. <laughs> Absolutely. No. Absolutely. Just because you're good at something doesn't mean you have to do it. <laughs> oh, no. I, yeah, that's definitely... Well, you know, um, yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for doing this with me and bearing with me yeah, as I yeah. stumble through my first couple times of podcasts. Um, you did a great job. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much. It's, it was really a lot of fun, and you guys are more than welcome to come back and chat with me anytime. I'm okay. hoping to do this quite a lot. So um, thank you so much, and um, join us next time when we do this. I don't have a set time yet, so but I will definitely let you know. Off, we're gonna tear the roof off the mother sucker. Tear the roof off the sucker. Sometimes I think what I need is a you and a Don't miss TBD Podcast, a Glee podcast discussing Kurt Hummel and Blaine Anderson, uploaded every Sunday night on 2daydreambelievers.tumblr.com.